Happy Easter, friends. It's true. It's happened. God is not dead, but is alive. This is the resurrection day. Jesus was sentenced to death. He was crucified, died and was buried. But on the third day, he rose from death. He's alive. Now, I don't know where you are right now, where you're watching from, how you are, what impact coronavirus might have had on your life or what other things you have had to live with and through this past year. But let me pray for you now before we have our reading. Lord, would you be with us now? We thank you for this resurrection day. Would you work afresh in our lives, even as we listen to your word and as we allow your Holy Spirit to minister to us today? Would you be at work in our lives? Thank you, Jesus, that you rose from the dead. Amen. she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separated from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from the scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned round and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realise that it was Jesus. He asked her, Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended. Brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he had said these things to her. Now, 
Before I get too excited about the resurrection, let's take a few moments to see things through Mary Magdalene's eyes that morning after Jesus had died. We first hear about Mary as one of the women who traveled with Jesus and supported his ministry. It's a popular thought that she is the woman who anoints Jesus' feet with oil, but we don't know that. What we do know is that she had started following Jesus after he had delivered her from spiritual oppression. Luke 8, 2 says that seven unclean spirits had come out of her when she was healed by Jesus. And the Gospel of John invites us to join Mary to witness the resurrection of Jesus. Mary, a person who knew what it was to be unwell and oppressed, a person who had encountered the power of Jesus to save, a person who had discovered that this power was only power that could come from God and who had traveled with Jesus, witnessing his whole journey to the cross. She is the one qualified to help us encounter this moment afresh. So first of all, there is panic and confusion. Mary discovers the stone rolled away. Immediately, she runs to the disciples to tell them something is wrong. Something has happened. Then they all run back to the tomb and the worst is confirmed. Not only has their master died, their teacher gone, their friend been lost in the most traumatic of ways, but now his grave has been defaced. Peter and John leave Mary, but Mary Mary stays. She stood weeping at the entrance to the tomb. I don't think we can underestimate how important this moment in the Easter story is. This was not supposed to happen. In the minds of the disciples, everything had gone wrong. All was lost. Their hope was dead and buried. Resurrection was not something that they expected. There was no precedent for resurrection here. So as Mary weeps outside the empty tomb, she grieves the emptiness. She stands in utter hopelessness. But suddenly, death does not have the last word. Mary sees angels in the tomb. They acknowledge her confusion and grief, but then they question it. Soon someone else is there and he is also asking her, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? Have you felt confused this year? Maybe even waking up today. Are there things in your life that get in the way of your freedom and confuse the worth of the person you are? Are you grieving, hurting, aching over something? Maybe you suffer with an illness or are journeying with someone who does. This day, this Easter Sunday, by the power of the resurrection, Jesus gives himself so that you might also encounter him. Maybe you need to hear Jesus ask you personally, why are you crying? Not because your crying is wrong, but because he is the one who wants to tend the wound. He wants to ask you, who are you looking for? because he is the one who has made it possible for us to find God in all his fullness. Mary, Jesus says to Mary, that is it, that is enough. Just hearing her name on his lips is enough for the whole revelation to snap into bright focus. He's alive, he's alive. Teacher, you are alive. Savior, you are alive. At this moment, the realities of what Jesus had done on the cross come crashing into the earth's history. The word who has made flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, 
has been revealed as the Son of God, sent to win a victory over the powers of death and darkness. At the cross, Jesus restores the relationship between God and humanity that was broken by their choice to part with him. He reconciles us to himself. At the cross, Jesus sets us free from the enslavement to broken choices and shame. He pays a price for us so that we might be free. He forgives us. At the cross, Jesus fights the battle with evil that we could not fight. The enemy who seeks to destroy us is conquered by the victorious Jesus. And it doesn't stop there. At the cross, Jesus wipes clean humanity. So stained we become by our broken choices, selfishness, lust, lies, sin. Jesus' blood cleanses us. His blood speaks a better word. And at the cross, Jesus becomes the one who takes the sentence of death upon himself so that we might live. The list of humanity's offences to each other, to the earth, to God is enormous. But Jesus stands trial for us and is found fully acquitted for our salvation. At the cross, death does not have the final word. The fallen powers had conspired for death to be the last word. Death, the strongest weapon of the enemy, but no. Where men lifted Jesus up to torturous death, God instead lifts Jesus up in glory. God transforms what was meant for evil into good. Men lifted Jesus up to the cross for shame, but God meant it for glory. This is our resurrection joy. Not that we are free from encountering pain and suffering or darkness yet, but that the power of these things has been robbed by Jesus. What the world and the devil mean for our shame is taken by God and is turned on its head. Death is defeated. Jesus is alive. The tomb is empty and our grief cannot last forever because the hope of the world has come back and he is bigger and stronger than ever. The rescuer has risen and he continues to reign. Throughout his life, Jesus points to the cross and the resurrection, but no one fully knew what he meant. Early on in John's gospel, when he was talking to Nicodemus, he says, the son of man must be lifted up so that whoever believes might have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Here, at the resurrection, this revelation of God's love is made clear. Jesus is the son of God. He is the one who has now removed the separation between heaven and earth, between God and man, and who is able to lead us through death into eternal life. Do you want that? Do you need that? Is Jesus the one you are looking for? Well, God is not dead. He is alive and he is Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, he is able to share with you the Son, Jesus, who has the word of life for you. Are there things in your life that have come to define you? There may be good and bad things, hurt we've experienced, family, a life-changing injury or illness, heartbreak, loneliness, my job, my wealth, my poverty, my addiction, my achievements, even my mental health, my body, my social networking. We allow so many things each day to have the final say on how we are and who we are. But this day, 
There is a different voice who comes in direct competition to those things to have the final say on you. This is the same one who spoke Mary's name to her outside the grave where she thought him dead and gone. This is the one who we call Lord and Saviour, the way, the truth, the life, the one John calls the word at the beginning. This is Jesus who also knows you, knows who, if you listen, he knows your name and he can call you the one who comes to seek and save that which is lost. Maybe you are grieving today and maybe the whole world is at this time. We're caught in unresolved trauma and loss, but that is not the final word. Hurt you have received does not have the final word. Trouble in your marriage does not have the final word. Romantic relationships do not have the final word. A bad mark or a broken friendship does not have the final word. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter do not have the final word. Even the government does not have the final word. What you look like, what people say about you, who you vote for, what you post or like does not have the final word. How you feel doesn't have the final word. Anxiety, depression, or any diagnosis does not have the final word. Cancer doesn't have the final word. Coronavirus doesn't have the final word. Jesus has the final word. This resurrection day, we remind ourselves that all is not lost. We remind ourselves that we live in a battle that is still being fought. But this is the time when the past is the past and the day is made new. The day when forgiveness is possible. The day we can hope again. The day when Jesus reveals his defeat of death and the powers of darkness. This is the day. Everything has changed and has continued to change ever since. It is the day we remind ourselves that death does not have the final word, that dark acts and dark forces do not win. This is the day that love wins and our hope is realized in Jesus. The final word is the name of Jesus, the name which means God saves. You may have been saved by him already. You may need saving again and to receive forgiveness and new freedom. Today, I put my hope and my joy in him, the one who is able to save us. May you know afresh that he is the one who has the final word on your life, that he alone has the power to save. He is the resurrected Jesus.